Welcome to The Dig on the Huskers Radio Network podcast, presented by Emeritus, featuring Nebraska volleyball assistant coach Kelly Hunter. Here's your host, Jessica Cootie. Welcome back into another episode of The Dig. I'm Jessica Cootie, and happy to welcome back Kelly Hunter and another big weekend. You guys just keep rolling 8-0 in the Big Ten, 17-0 to start the season. How was the weekend? It was good. I mean, playing two matches back-to-back, you get a chance to play one match and try and fix a couple things the next night. But obviously in the Big Tens, there's no easy night at all. And Michigan State put up a great fight. We went four with them and then got to make a little bit of adjustments against Penn State. And that was a a top matchup that everyone was looking towards. And I think our girls kind of rose to the occasion and stepped up their level a little bit Saturday night. One of the things that was talked a lot about last week is getting off to a better start. And against Michigan State, you guys did that. Uh, how good was that, the, the out of the gate, the start against Michigan State on Friday night? It was definitely good to be back at home and we could feel the crowd and we could feel the energy and just having that start right away. It was so loud, even in the first five points. And usually Devaney doesn't get that loud until it's kind of the end of sets or Things are a little bit closer, but just right from the start, they were there with us, and it's good to have them kind of in our back pocket, and I think our girls responded to that, but it was definitely their focus of the match and this whole weekend to start strong and to try and play consistent for a long period of time. And Penn State, you were talking about loud. Uh, Coach Cook said his ears were ringing. Uh, what was the emotion like leading up to that one? And we talked a little bit last week, but just there's just so much history in this. And, and when you play a rivalry match where there is so much history, what was the emotion like for a team leading up to a, a match like Penn State? You can definitely feel the energy at our serve and pass practice. So we always practice for an hour on game days and just kind of serve, pass, get some reps, do some side out stuff. And so different matches, you can kind of feel a little bit of a different energy depending on who we're playing, but we try to encourage them to be consistent, be focused, no matter who's on the other side of the net, but they're human, we're all human, inherently there's a little bit of that excitement for those bigger matches, but I just think they were excited to be back home and to play back-to-back and to kind of have our fans there, and it was a football bye week, and the focus was kind of on us, and I think that they like that attention and they like that kind of pressure, I guess, and so... The energy was really, really good, but it wasn't kind of a nervous energy that you could have. It was more of an excitement. We're ready. We're ready for the challenge. I think that you guys gave them a couple of days off, maybe an extra day off last week, and to really focus on mental and physical, all that kind of stuff, just to, uh, can be such a grind and just to recuperate. How did you feel like they came into, I mean, other than being excited at home, did they seem like they were refreshed after getting a couple of days off? Yeah, with our schedule and just how tough the Big Ten is and just, like, This week, for example, we have a midweek game, so it just kind of throws things off. But we felt like that was a great time to give them an extra day off on a Monday, and they loved it just because when you have your normal Sunday off day, it kind of just feels like it's part of your routine. But then having a Monday where you have school or tutoring or you need some errands that you want to get done, you can go do that stuff. So I think they really, really appreciated it, and they even brought it up after practice one day. They said... um, they had that extra day off. It felt so good to recover, but then it made them hungry to come in the next day. And so I think those double off days can kind of go both ways where you maybe lay around all day. You don't get much done. You kind of relax a little bit too much, but I think they're a productive group. They wanted to get all their stuff done and then it made them more excited to come in on Tuesday. Oh, that's awesome. So the Penn State in the second set, you trailed what, 8-1 and then 11-4 to and the comeback. What, what, what went into that comeback for this team there in that second set? 
I think it's just with this group trying to pay attention to each point that's right in front of them. And even within each position and each player, a lot of them do a lot of different skills. It's not, we don't have a team where we're running like the 6-2 where some attackers will come out in the back row and they only have to focus on attacking. We have six rotation players all across the board. And so for them, it's really big about focus and just focusing on not even just the point in front of you, but what am I doing on this rep? So Harper, for example, okay, maybe I didn't get a kill. I need to flip my focus onto my next pass. Mm -hmm. And so that's been a big piece of focus for us, just with this group especially. And then just in volleyball, you play so many points. You can't think about the last one or the next one because if you do that, you're going to lose the one that's right in front of you. And so we just encourage them to clean up little things here and there. Like everyone play one, two, three percent better and see what happens. And so that's, that's how you have to think about it when you're thinking about a big deficit seven or eight points, you just have to win the next one and then the next one and then the next one. Compare like a deficit like that, like 8-1 to like a football or basketball score. How much is that being down by? Oh, geez, I don't know. I mean, how it, it's typically pretty hard to come back from how much. Like it's like, oh gosh, that's like a 20-point yeah. 20 20 point yeah. deficit in basketball. I would say usually above five points, it's pretty hard to come, come back from just because volleyball is so back and forth. Yeah. And usually the team that's siding out is winning points. And it's kind of like tennis serving, I would say. Like you have an, an easier time siding out sometimes. I mean, every team's a little bit different, but we've always been a really good side out team. So I would say five or six is usually pretty hard to come by. And um, eight points, definitely. Like, I'm not going to say I thought it was over, but just when you see that score, you're like, okay, this is going to be really tough to get back to. Especially because then the opposing team has some confidence and then... It just, uh, yeah, it can be a, a snowball effect, but I guess kudos to that team. They just, they, nothing ever seems too big, it seems like, at this point for them. Mm -hmm. Volleyball is definitely about momentum. So if as quickly as you can lose it, you can gain it. Mm -hmm. So that's why the next point is so important. But this group is super competitive. They're super fiery. They're just competitive all the way through. And so seeing that deficit is, like you said, there's no challenge too big for these guys. And I think they... They want that and they accept it rather than shying away from it. So I always like to kind of highlight somebody from the previous weekend. And um, Kennedy Orr was one that Coach Cook brought up because he said he, she had a great weekend serving, probably the best statistically. Um, you guys were able to go on some runs with her too. What were you guys seeing back, her there, back there that allowed her to, to be so good from the service line? I think she's got this fearless attitude like, okay, I'm coming in and I'm serving. I'm going to go for it and not be afraid. And as a serving sub and a serving specialist, that's a really hard mindset to have just because you're only in there for a short amount of time. So you're, you want to just stay in there and not make too many mistakes. But I think she's kind of developed this fearless attitude when she goes back there and she's going to go back and try and score a point, not just try to not lose a point. And just as a volleyball player and as an athlete, she's incredibly gifted all around. She's a great defender. She could step in and set that second ball if we needed her to. And so I think just her kind of having that mindset of I'm going to go in there and I'm going to win a couple of points for my team. And we've been talking just when we watch film and statistically coach is right. She is one of our best servers. And every time we watch the matches and we get ready for the match, I'm, we're talking about her being our best server and it's been working. So I think it's all in her attitude and the way she goes for it. That's awesome. What, what kind of goes into those statistics that you're looking? Cause it's not all about service aces, right? It's gotta be, I'm assuming about the runs and how it sets up. Mm -hmm. everything else right in a point yeah so there's a couple of different detailed things so we have a lot of different metrics especially for serving because 
we can serve great, but it depends who's on the other side as well. So first thing we want to do is we want to have one-to-one -one ratio of aces to errors. So if you're erring a lot, you better be getting aces a lot too to kind of make up for that. Otherwise, you could just be high error and not serving tough, which is a little bit where we're at right now. Um, but the goal there is to be one-to-one -one and have equal amounts there. Next, we have this new kind of percentage we're working with. It's called a knockout percentage. And so we haven't dialed in what exactly the standard is there, but it's how often are we getting the other team out of system. And so you can kind of see what they're passing on our serves. Like, are they in system a good amount of time? Are they out of system? And so there's that piece of it. And then um, we also look at point scoring. So for example, in rotation six, when Kennedy serves, we look at how often we're scoring the point in that rotation. So there's kind of little steps, I guess I would say. So everyone listening, I hope we can follow along. There's a lot of layers to this, but yeah. um, basic level, aces, errors, knockout percentage, and then how often are we actually scoring given what they're passing over there? Yeah, no, it makes sense. Uh, just for Kennedy to embrace that role, and, and we've talked a lot about that, about you know being 14 strong and everybody playing their role, but you know, as you continue on for it throughout a season and for her to really embrace that and continue to grow in confidence, uh, how special is that? How good is that for a team to have somebody like that? I think for her individually, obviously it's awesome. She feels settled. She feels like she has a great role on this team. And then I think the example it sets for everyone else. And we have this thing where we say our, our players who come off the bench, they are game changers. They're not just someone coming in to fill a couple holes here and there. They're going in there to change the game. And I think Kennedy has really displayed that and been that example for her teammates. And then this weekend we had a lot of people who had to step up and, and be those game changers. Like Hayden came in and got a couple big kills and some digs and Maggie was playing for a little bit and had some awesome kills and great blocks. And so we've kind of changed the verbiage that we're using. And so those guys are our game changers. And I think Kennedy has been a great example and just kind of led the way for those guys. You know, when you talk about serving and in the middle of a season and it's been a hot topic with Coach Cook's show and people want to ask about it, but when you aren't serving to the level that you want night in and night out consistently, how do you go about fixing that in season? What goes into that? Yeah, there's obviously not too many technical things you want to do just when you're, when you're in season. It's obviously one of the more mental skills because it's the only time in volleyball you get to just sit there, relax, and have total control. So there, I think there's a huge mental component behind that. And I think misserves are contagious. And I think that's what we're seeing with our team. Once one person misses, it's kind of like, well, I don't want to be the next one to miss. And then you have that fear and you do miss. And so, but I think you kind of see it at Devaney too. When we miss a lot, the other teams miss a lot. And mm -hmm. I don't know if it's our gym or if it's just contagious, like I said, but for us, it's all about mindset and just encouraging them to go back there and, like I said, try and win the point. Try to not just get it in. Try and pick someone on the other side and think about how you're going to get them the ball and what they're going to do when they do get the ball and just thinking about that. And so it's a big attack mindset. And then I think just not worrying about who was in front of you, what your last serve was, if they missed, that sort of thing, just treating every rep as a new rep and just going back there and attacking. But it's obviously a very mental mental skill and we're seeing some of that um, wear on us a little bit and so I think we're just kind of attack be aggressive and then we'll live with the consequences. So it's been about a month since we've had you on so of course got to ask about Bergen Riley she's a couple times had player of the week honors and and last time you were here you were talking about her 
still kind of developing that chemistry. It was still a work in progress. How have mm -hmm. you seen that progress with her and, and that chemistry and uh, across the entire team and, and just, again, as a freshman, just her growth over the last month? Yeah, I think especially the setter-hitter relationship. As a program, you want to have a unified system and have kind of a consistent, here's the tempo we're running, here's how we're running this specific set. But I think as the season goes on, hitters learn about the setter and the setters learn about the hitters. And so I think we've seen a little bit of that in just the way that, like, Bergen setting Harper, for example, might look a little bit different than her setting Merritt on the left side. And I think you learn that over time and you learn that through the matches too as well as practice. And so I think seeing some of those things, we can, it's a little bit detailed and a little fine-tuned. I'm not sure if everyone can see it, but you can kind of just tell that there's like those little nuances for each person there and just um, each set's a little bit different. But I think just I can never compliment her enough on her decision-making and just the way she can feel the match and the way she can get people the ball when it's unexpected or when it is expected, put up a perfect ball for someone. And um, it doesn't matter what the block looks like on the other side. Usually we're pretty good on our side. And so I think I can just never credit her enough for just her natural ability to make decisions and to feel the flow of a match. You know, Coach Cook also talked about the passing wasn't great. I think it was against, was it Penn State or Michigan State, one of those? You know, but as a setter, and, and that it is kind of a problem within a, a set, how do you go about managing that and, and ensuring that you're still doing your job as a setter and getting good sets for your, mm -hmm. your attackers? One of the things we talk about just in all of our skills is just bettering the ball. And so there's a really hard attack coming at you. Okay, maybe the dig's not going to be as good. Setters, we have to go better the ball and, like, help your teammate out. And then because of that, too, the hitters have to help out the setter, just kind of knowing it's a chain reaction. Usually when things kind of start off not up to par, the play can kind of go that way. And so I think we just encourage them to help each other out. And I think it was Jalen during a timeout against Michigan State, like, and just kind of highlighted, all right, we're not passing great. We're not setting very good right now. Like hitters, we need to do a better job. And so I think it's really cool to not put the pressure on one part of the system. And it's about everyone helping each other out. And that's what this team is so good at, is just lifting each other up, even if they're not playing great. And you don't always see that for sure. And so for them to be able to just say like, hey, I'm struggling right now. Can you help me? And then they do it. It's really, really cool to see. Last week we talked with Lindsey Peterson about the out of system, and a lot of times when that happens, it's going to be if, if, say, if Bergen has to take the first pass or whatever, and then it's Lexi that sets. Do you, you work a lot with Lexi on the setting part of it? A little bit here and there. Obviously, people are trying to not hit the ball at Lexi, so Bergen's getting a lot of balls uh -huh. and Middleback's getting a lot of balls, but this is something we're actually diving into right now just statistically with is Lexi better with her hands or is she better with her platform? Where are we best when we dig it on the court just because it's happening so frequently and I think it's because no one wants to hit the ball to her. So Bergen's getting a lot of first balls and we're diving into that and a lot of it's our set location and do we go fast? Do we go high? Do we go really high? It, and there's like still some fine tuning of that every single week and like I said, each player is a little bit differently too. So there's some fine tuning there but Lexi's pretty gifted. I mean, anytime she puts her platform out, I'm like, you do you. I'm not touching <laughs> that. When she puts her hands up, we'll talk a little bit. But um, Jalen's more of her her position coach, and so they, they kind of talk a lot about that. But every now and then she'll be like, Kelly, can you help me? Like, <laughs> my sets aren't very good. And so 
we'll talk every now and then, but a lot of it's just kind of what situations are we in, where do we need to put the ball. How much of it is, a, is it a luxury to have somebody like Lexi that if it does get out of system, you can rely on her to, to maybe get things back into system, I mm -hmm. guess? Yeah, we have a, not a rule or a saying, but we want to play in system when we're out of system. And so for us, our goal is to not ever look like we're scrambling or we're just chucking up a ball and we're so out of control. So we work a lot on the setter digging the ball and who's going to go set it. And we, we don't only work on just Lexi setting it. We'll work on our middle back setting it or our middle setting it. Like Becca had two big points or two big chances to make a set in like the first five points of Penn State. And so we work on them setting it, our right front setting it, our left fronts. And so we just really emphasize that we don't ever want to feel like we're out of system. We want to still feel like we're rolling and in system in those situations. And so having Lexi, who's confident in her setting and who can run in there and go call the ball and take it from anyone is, is just huge. Okay, let's uh, talk this weekend. you got a couple of big ones at Northwestern midweek on Wednesday and then Wisconsin here on Saturday. But uh, before we get into the X's and O's of those teams, I did also want to ask you, too, when, when you're playing a big team and a physical team like Wisconsin, which we hear uh, um, for several of these teams in the Big Ten, does that change the setting at all, how you set your hitters when they have good blockers and people that can change what you want to do is when you try to get the kill? Mm-hmm. It's something we talk about, just like, hey, these, this person is a really big block. She kind of blocks this type of way. And so we'll talk about that, but we don't usually try and change too much on our side just because we want to be consistent no matter who we're playing. And that's a big, big focus for us this year is just are we playing Nebraska volleyball no matter who's on the other side. So from an offense standpoint, we don't really try and change too much, but that's something that – the coaches and I might talk to Bergen about just like this person's a really good blocker. Maybe we think about running these plays away from her or this specific play at her, stuff like that. That's kind of just something that you know in the back of your mind, but not like, okay, we're never going to set right. merit because she has this big block in front of her. Yeah. So it's more so just here's kind of what we know. And then for our attackers to know that too, hey, this is the way they block. You might have this shot open more often. And not shying away from, I mean, just pounding the ball in the seam when the seam's there, you know. It's just kind of knowing how they block and what's in front of you, and then what are my solutions from there. Awesome. Well, how does this change? What does the week look like then preparation-wise with the midweek? Because this is the first midweek of conference play, and then kind of breaking it up a little bit, where you're not playing the back-to-back -back on the weekend, but you've got one in the midweek. How does that change the preparation for the team? Yeah, preparing is way easier when we go this way just because we have today and tomorrow to focus on Northwestern and then we play that match and then it's out of our mind we're on to the next match whereas when you play those back-to-back -back games we usually we prepare for the team that we play second early in the week and then kind of store that away and then we prepare for the team that we play first the few days leading up to that match and so it can get a little bit confusing and when we kind of go over rotations and stuff like that you'll hear a little bit more confusion from the girls and just wait, I thought this hitter was hitting this, and then just asking more questions. But when we play Wednesday, like I said, we just get two days to prepare, lose it, two days to prepare for the next match. So from a preparation standpoint, it's actually really nice and just scouting and that sort of thing. But physically, it's a little bit harder because you don't get the time to train as much. And so sometimes maybe we're training a little bit harder on a day, like today, for example, that we would usually maybe go a little bit lighter if we didn't play till Friday. So today we're probably going to go a little bit harder, two hours, two and a half. And then tomorrow we're practicing here, go hard again, and then play a match. So physically it's a little bit 
hard to navigate, but um, preparation-wise, it's awesome. So for the last like three weeks, we get we get people asking about Wisconsin. I know this team has maintained, hey, it's one game at a time. We're just in front of the. So what's the messaging now that it's here? That week is here, and you do have another game before you even play Wisconsin. I'm assuming it's it's the same as always, right? Yeah, yeah, it's business as usual. We're focused on Northwestern, and we'll start on them today. And the staff is all prepared and has all the scouting done, and so we'll present that to the girls today. And it's. It's just, it's really easy to get them to focus when you only have that one team. So it's like, we're all in right here, and then we're all in for the next one. And just our emphasis all year has just been, we don't, not that we don't care who's on the other side, but we care more about how we're playing and if we're up to our standards. And then the outcome's usually good if we can do those things. And so we haven't highlighted any specific team all year, and so I don't anticipate us doing that um, this weekend. We'll leave it to the fans and the media to hype yeah. that one up a little bit more. They'll hear enough of it anyway. So, <laughs> so Northwestern and, and maybe Purdue recently, right? I mean, um, and nowhere is easy to play in the Big Ten, but mm -hmm. what when you guys dive into that scout, what's what are things to be watching for in this matchup? Yeah, they run it a little bit faster than we've seen. They run a pretty good tempo, and then um, especially coming off of Penn State, they ran it a little bit slower, and they weren't passing very good, so they were out of system a bunch. So tempo will be a huge thing that we're going to have to adjust to, and They've got a really offensive setter who likes to throw it down and take swings. And they have a couple really big players as well. They have, I think they're outside 6'5". And so um, it'll be interesting playing like different types of blocks and having to defend a faster system. And so they just, they run it fast and they're gritty and they play defense. And they've, they've always played such good defense, especially at home. And they just, I mean, they find a way to keep the ball off the ground and make long rallies. So it'll be a good match. And then I know you guys haven't even started prep yet, but can you tell us a little bit maybe what you know about Wisconsin? It's pretty pretty cut and dry there. I think everybody knows a lot about that. But when you start diving into that scout, what are kind of going to be the things that Nebraska needs to do against Wisconsin? Yeah, we talked about their size, their physical. They have a really big block, and they run that 6-2 system where the setter is always in the back row, and they always have three hitters in the front row. So defensively, it's it's simplified a little bit just because you know you always have these three hitters you have to worry a little bit about back row attack but there's not as much of the slide attack that goes behind you don't have a setter who's going to dump so it simplifies things a little bit just from a scouting standpoint and just blocking in d you know you know where your options are at all times but offensively we talked about that a little bit just trying to not change our game too much based off of what the block looks like on the other side and so for us, we kind of know um, like how they're going to block a little bit. They have those three big blockers all the time. And so for us, it's just not changing our game plan too much. But I think defensively against a 6-2, it's, it's helpful just because it's simplified. You know, um, with Wisconsin and, and it being number one versus number two, and you always hear other football when there's a big match, this is what you come to Nebraska for. This is what you come to play in these kinds of this program for this is it right I mean this kind of matchup with all eyes on you guys and and the biggest matchup of the of the weekend right I mean it's, it's kind of what you sign up for when you come to Nebraska right? yeah you couldn't really draw it up any more perfectly than it is this year just one and two in the Big Ten and in the nation and playing at home in front of Husker Nation is going to be awesome but I think like you said this is this is what Nebraska volleyball is all about and and why you want to be a Nebraska fan and come to Nebraska and it's these are the big matches that we live for, for sure. How excited are you to see, and not like this team has not played big matchups in several ranked teams, but how excited are you to see 
you know, a few weeks ago we had Jalen coming in and it was the first road trip. He's like, I just, that's the thing, Jess, you don't know how they're going to act, but to mm -hmm. see how this young team responds to this week and, and having this kind of matchup ahead, how excited does that make you as a coach to see how they're going to respond to it? Yeah, I think they've, We've been struggling a little bit, and then we saw a great match on Saturday night, and so I'm just happy for the progress that they were able to, able to make this last weekend after a couple shaky weeks, and so I hope that we can build off of that. But the really cool thing about this group is there a bunch of them are new. None of them have ever even really played Wisconsin, and so there's the narrative that's out there, and they have our number and all this stuff, but we have a group that has, hasn't experienced that yet, so I think it'll be kind of a fresh start and just – like we've talked about, they they step up to the occasion and knock on wood. I know they're going to do it again, but um, it's always it's always fun to have these big matches and just prepare for that and see it all pay off on on game night. And so we're hoping to see that. Who was your biggest rival? When I played, it was more so Penn State. Yeah, yeah. And then I think my senior year, it was a little bit more even, but throughout my whole career, definitely Penn State. How excited? How fired up did you get as a player to play in these kinds of matches? I don't know. I was one that was just pretty calm. Yeah, and that was kind of like my claim to fame was that I was just pretty consistent, and I never really got too up or too down for matches. And so for me, I was, I lived like so in the moment, like almost to a fault. But I was like, okay, what what point are we on now? Like, who are we <laughs> playing? Like, it was a little bit bad at some points. But yeah, I think I never really got too up or too down. Sounds a little familiar, like the setter you got now. Yeah, she's. We have a lot of similarities, I would say. We get along good, and I don't know. It's a good relationship for sure. Love it. Well, as always, great stuff. Appreciate your time. Best of luck this weekend. Yes, thank you. And thanks to Emeritus for sponsoring the dig. Emeritus is proud to power Nebraska volleyball. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe and like wherever you listen to never miss an episode right here on the Huskers Radio Network podcast.